As I've been reflecting on our worship this morning, I wonder if some of you who maybe aren't familiar with the church calendar are wondering why we're still talking about the wise men. So I might just add this, that in the season of Epiphany, in the early weeks, the church calendar always draws us back to the Magi in this season of light and revelation. One more time with Jesus at the crash, or Jesus as a two-year-old. And this story kind of reads like a blockbuster holiday movie, right? In, in the time of King Herod, bong, after Jesus was born in Jerusalem, note the standing Jesus, bong, bong. Wise men came from the east. Bong, 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 bong. (laughs) And behold, there was a star, this handcrafted star made by one of our First Baptist members. So there we are, still with Jesus at the side of the crash. This odious puppet king ruling with violence, yet a character who we read is so fearful and insecure. And then this mysterious child king, two years old and heralded as the one who's rising up to rule all of Israel. And then these strange visitors from the furthest outskirts of the land, bringing science, bringing astrological maps, almost feeling like they bring magical powers, inquiring about the whereabouts of this Judean child king. Pretty dramatic. So in the season of Epiphany, allow the drama to draw you in. Perhaps the, uh, that carol, that Christmas carol, uh, We Three Kings, is still ringing in our ears. Uh, an interesting um, title, because were they really kings? We often talk about them as Zoroastrian priests or astrologers. The refrain in that carol is plodding, this cadence of journey, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. That carol also has a somber tone to it, and if you look at verse 4, it's very Uh, A dark. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume. Breathes the life of gathering gloom. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying. Sealed in the stone, cold tomb. Wow, what a, 
what a carol full of different emotions, talking about beauty and hope and the journey of companionship, but at the same time recognizing this dark, despairing world that Jesus was born into. A world where 2,000 years later, Herod still hold power, tyrants still uh, whisper or shout threats of evil and ominous gloom. In the midst of that, let's come alongside the Magi. These foreign men of mystery and faith finding their way in the darkness, feeling threatened, feeling that tyrant's breath breathing down their necks, and yet they press forward with optimism, with a growing sense of confidence. They're eager to bring and bear their gifts to the one who was wooing them in and also the forces of the universe that were leading them. And so they get their bearings reestablished, and we read that the Magi set out. And when they saw the star rising in the sky, they jumped with joy, their hearts filled with gladness, until the star stopped and rested over the place where the child was. They went into the house and saw the child and his mother, and as soon as they saw the child, they bowed down to honor him. They bowed down to honor him. I want us to linger with that image for a moment, because I'm inspired by these outsiders, these strangers, these perhaps marginalized people who didn't know the culture or the practices of the Judean neighborhoods that they had found themselves in. They were perhaps growing in their awareness of the dangers that loomed around them. Yet these magi, when they find Jesus, nothing else matters. They're not looking over their shoulder, wondering if they're going to get cornered or caught. Instead, they fall to their knees and worship. And we can speculate in our mind's eye what that worship looked like, and maybe it's even modeled in our magi on the table today. And we know that it involves gifts, but I would imagine at the heart of it is simple devotion and worship. And so I hope that image reinvigorates us as to what we do in this time and this space and this place, week after week after week. Whether you're gathered in this worship place today on Jasper and 109th Street, or whether you're joining us online, we trust that this place and time of worship will be a blessing to you. A church that's been around for 130 years, I was marveling at that this week, 130 years of continuous worship and ministry and lifting our hearts to God, that is 6,760 Sundays. And some of you have been around for lots of those. (laughs) But I just, that's cool. Just to be a part of this long story of worship 
and devotion in this place amongst this people, the generations that have gone before us, the generations with us now, the generations that will come behind us. In the midst of threat, in the midst of um, oppressive voices, in the midst of voices that say, oh, church doesn't matter anymore, why are you worshiping? In the midst of the stresses and strains that worry us, in the midst of the feelings that the universe of the world is conspiring against us, we humble ourselves before Jesus and we find in this place and time of worship we're blessed, we're nurtured, we're made whole, we're reoriented, we're encouraged. And we pray that our hearts would be filled with unspeakable gladness and peace, even in the midst of all the challenges that swirl around us. Another Christmas carol that warms my heart with some significant words is, O little town of Bethlehem, that phrase, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And we at First Baptist don't have lots of, I guess, contemporary ways to whip us up in worship. But again, it's this simple place of devotion, humbling ourselves intentionally, week after week. At the center of our sanctuary is a table, a cross, the Word of God. And I'm so delighted when people find this place as sanctuary and home. This place, this people. We're those traditional liturgical Baptists. Different than other Baptists in some ways because our worship is shaped by patterns of prayer, the church calendar. Yet for 6,700 Sundays, we've worshipped We've been fed, we've been nurtured as a community of faith. We gather in so that on the other six days of the week, we go out to be light, to be blessing, to share the good news of this living God who we carry in our hearts and share that love of an abiding Christ who, yes, is alive and well. I appreciated Jay's prayers of the people. He talks about how we live that out. The gifts we bear into the world, our talents, our passions, our hearts, our hopes, our yearnings for peace and justice. So today, we will leave Jesus as a toddler. We won't come back to the child baby Jesus story until late December. So I want to offer us a moment to ponder one more time the Christ child, the one born for us, the one born for all of creation, the one born for all the world, and then our response alongside the Magi with humility, with intentionality, With joy and gladness and wonder, we honor Jesus. We worship. So I'll invite you to 
Perhaps close your eyes if you feel comfortable with that. And once again, receive the Christ child. Be in the awe. Marvel at God's gift and grace to us. Before that silence, I'm going to read a short uh, prose by Madeline Langle. It's called Awful, A-W-E-F-U-L-L. So I invite you to close your eyes or open your hands. Oh, I am in awe of the maker of galaxies and geese, stars and starfish, mercury and humans. Sometimes it is rapturous awe. Sometimes it is numinous dread. Sometimes it is the humble awe of knowing that ultimately I belong to God, to the maker whose thumbprint is on each one of us. And that is blessing. I invite you in to silence. Silence.